This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Welcome to this NEC Dance Podcast. On the occasion of the National Arts Center presentation of Fractus 5 by Eastman, Dr. Jana Mirzen of the University of Ottawa chats with Belgian dance dramaturg and author Guy Kools about dance dramaturgy, Sidi Larbi Cherkawi's creation process, associations and collaborations, and Guy's two written works. I'm Kathy Levy. I'm the executive producer of dance here at the National Arts Centre. And I wanted to welcome you all to this evening's very special pre-show chat entitled Performing Stranger, a Dialogue, L'étranger qui danse une conversation, co-presented by NAC Dance and the Department of Theatre of the University of Ottawa. This chat is being conducted in English. It is being recorded for audio podcast release. And if we have some time at the end, we will do some Q&A. Et si vous voulez poser une question en français, pas de problème. Mes collègues peuvent vous répondre en français. On the occasion of, of course, the NAC performances of Fractice 5 by Eastman, Belgian author, guest professor, and dance dramaturg Guy Kools, who has also been a personal friend for, I don't know, 50, 60 years, maybe something like that. And Dr. Yana Merzon, a new friend, associate professor at Ottawa U's Department of Theatre, and a member of the Faculty of Graduate and Postdoctoral Studies will discuss the choreographic universe of C.D. Larby Chakawi. Welcome, Guy and Yana. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Katya, for the introductions. Uh, it's a great pleasure for us to be here, and uh, I'm so happy to uh, talk today to Guy. Um, very briefly, I will talk about the premise of this talk, you know, how it started, and then we'll go into questions. Um, I have been, myself, you know, you might hear by the accent, you know, it's a Russian accent. So, <laughs> I have been uh, in a situation of migrant, stranger, other exile for many years, and I have been studying this uh, situation, how it is represented uh, in art. Uh, dance is my second passion to theater and performance. Um, this summer, I uh, discovered a wonderful book uh, that Gikuls uh, wrote, and it's called In Between Dance Cultures on the Migratory Artistic Identity of Sidi Larbi and Akram Han. That's P. 
pinkish kind of book, and it's over there for sale. Um, and I was um, really, you know, sort of um, taking my chances, and I contacted Guy. I wanted to become friends and know more about his work because it's absolutely fascinating, and I really, really, really encourage you to look in the book and buy it. Uh, there is a second one, by the way. Uh, it's called... <laughs> <laughs> It just came, like, basically two weeks ago, I heard, you know, uh, came out. Uh, it's called Imaginative Bodies, Dialogues in Performance Practices. And it's um, a number, how many dialogues are there? Uh, 14. 14 dialogues with all uh, fantastic, you know, uh, world-class artists, you know, about, um, you know, uh, body and uh, imagination in, in performance. So, um, and I uh, contacted Guy, I wanted to know more about his work, and this is how this panel uh, came together, because we knew that Fractus 5 was coming, and Guy was coming to Montreal, so I'm very, very happy. Um, and um, I will plunge immediately into the major question, the, the opening question for this panel, uh, which has to do with uh, terminology. What has to do with words, you know, such as exile, stranger, migrant, and so on, so on. Um, which, of course, you know, now, you know, today, political situation is quite uh, resonant and quite specific. Um, however, uh, segueing to C.D. Larbi-Cherkwawi's work, I want to specifically um, sort of, you know, pinpoint several terms, several questions, several um, names, you know, that sometimes uh, people use when they talk about his work. Um, Guy uses the word chameleon. Uh, English critics use the uh, word magpie. Um, some other people talk about hybrid uh, identity or hybrid uh, dancer. So this is very confusing in a way, and I would like uh, Guy to maybe talk about it, you know. Um, what do you think about these words and really how they came together? So first of all, I would like to thank Jana and, and Kati for inviting me here to, to present both books. Um, and maybe also, before I go in, into the question, also explain, uh, I had two reasons to write the, the first book on, uh, on Larbi's work and Akram's work. The first reason was that I had been accompanying their career for almost 10 years, originally as a presenter-producer in the beginning, and then from 2005 till 2008, I worked with both of them as a, a production dramaturg on uh, four different productions. And then I continued to develop a discourse around their work. I was often invited by the companies themselves or by uh, venues to, to introduce the work and to talk about it. There was several occasions I was here to do the same. Um, and so I felt it was time to, to bring all that um, information together in, in a more uh, substantial book. Uh, but the other reason was also has to do with uh, Jana's question about this, this thing about terminology that, as we all know, uh, with the things that are happening in the world, the refugee crisis in Europe, uh, the attacks in Paris, um, the, 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 the discourse on migration uh, in politics and, and media is dominantly a negative discourse these days. And I also wanted to write a book that um, would also show the other side or more positive values of migration. I mean, it's my personal conviction that migration is a, is a necessity uh, in our in uh, in the, uh, the development of humanity. It has been there from the beginning. It will never stop. Um, and there's also um, Working with artists, I know that um, the crossing of borders is, is an, again, often a necessity to, to stimulate the imagination. Um, also, the changing of languages is a, is a, is a positive aspect, um, especially in interdisciplinary art forms. Uh, so th these were my motivations. And then um, the book has like four chapters. 
Um, and the first chapter is a very autobiographical one. It's about my own experiences with migration. I, I did come from Europe to Canada, and I lived here for six years. And the, that was in a relatively comfortable situation. But still, uh, it, it, I learned from it what it means to deroot yourself, to try to root yourself in another place and, and connect with that. Um, and then, and then in the second chapter, I looked at um, the, the cultural theory, the discourse around these notions of identities and migration. Um, and there I started to, to dialogue the existing theoretical discourse with the discourse that Akram and Larbi um, developed themselves, because they're very aware artists, they're amazing creative artists in their work, but they've always been also always very strong in taking um, a public position in this discourse. Like Larbi, for instance, has been um, for a number of years writing a column in an online uh, Belgium magazine. It's only in Flemish, but it's a, an online magazine that mainly deals with um, uh, issues of um, uh, it's, it's, it's a, um, a magazine that's kind of supported by organizations like Oxfam and others. So it deals with, with uh, these questions in, do you live in the world today about fair trade, migration. Um, and he's, he's writing beautiful autobiographical texts, taking a, a position and using his voice as an artist also to have a voice in the political debate. Now coming back to the uh, Jana's thing, for sure there has been in, in this discourse that both the artists create themselves and that other people create, there, there's this uh, there's vocabulary uh, happening. The term chameleon, um, uh, it's actually not me who kind of, I, I mean, I, I refer to it, it's the title of one of the, uh, the chapters, but it was Anthony Gormley uh, who kind of was the first person to use it, talking about Larbi's work. And Anthony Gormley, as you might know, is um, the famous British sculptor uh, that has been working as a sonographer. Uh, the first sonography that he made uh, for Larbi was Zero Degrees, but then since then they have collaborated a lot together. And they did uh, Sutra, the piece with the Shaolin monks. Um, they did um, ba Babel as well. Uh, more recently, Neutik and um, uh, Icons that just premiered a couple of weeks with the Göteborg Ballet. Um, and Anthony, for him, it was really a compliment, and, and Larry himself then appropriated it. Uh, and it has to do with with um, uh, with his own identity uh, as a human being. Uh, Larbi grew up in a family. His mother was Flemish and Catholic. His father was Moroccan, Muslim. Uh, so he spoke at home. He spoke French. Uh, in uh, Dutch, Flemish, and um, and Arab, um, and he was raised in two different religions. Um, and as a result, from a very young age, even even before I think he made a decided a career as an artist, he decided that um, uh, this this experience of of living in between cultures uh, made him make a conclusion that there couldn't be a hierarchy, that not one could not be dominant on the other, and that they were all, that they had to coexist uh, and, and on an equal uh, way. And that has been from the very beginning of his career, has been the drive of his work. Um, um, he always reaches out to the other, and the way to reach out is to learn the language of the other, whether it's a dance technique or whether it's a spoken language. And, and Larbi, for, Larbi is a, um, for him, creating work is also a lifelong learning process. Like each creation, uh, what people don't see is that there often has been a, a year-long preparation where he has met, like for instance, when he, does, when he did um, an example, the piece with Maria Pages, uh, Dunez, the flamenco piece. Um, I think the piece was created in... 2010 or 2011, but already in 2005, when we were rehearsing 
uh, zero degrees, he would go and meet with her uh, in his free moments and take classes with her. So there's always been an also a, a very long incubation process where he meets uh, the person that he wants to exchange with, learns mainly by exchanging the language and learning the language, and then so that by the time that they go in the creation process, there's been already a lot of uh, exchange. And this is also what he does in his, in his uh, performances in all his group uh, shows, uh, to put all these languages next to each other, um, to juxtapose them, not to blend them, um, and to show that they are equally valuable. So also not trans trying to translate them. So even when he uses uh, spoken languages, that are the languages that is from his uh, performance, he will, most of the time he will not offer a translation, because that's also the reality of the world that we live in that is outdoors, and he wants to uh, bring that back on the stage like that. Thank you. Um, on this note, actually, you know, so um, I'm coming from theatre, right, you know, where the drama and language is the background. Mm. You're coming from dance. Mm. So it sounds a little bit strange to me, right, you know, that you're talking about language, you know. So the question is about... Um, how does it transform? How the language transforms in dance? And I know that you're also working as a dramaturg. Mm. Um, the word that probably some of people don't know, some people have some ideas about. Could you maybe talk about dramaturgy, dance, language, how all this is connected, and specifically in the work of Sidi Larbi yeah. um, Again, um, Larbi, um, he started his career as a dancer with uh, Le Balaisé de l'Abbé, the company of Alain Platel. Um, and Alain had a very, has a very particular way of working, which gives a lot of um, um, uh, autonomy to the performers uh, and really um, creates the work on the identity of the performers, their stories, uh, their uh, skills as artists, and they're chosen most of the time also for the diversity, not for the homogeneity. And this is also something that Larbi has taken over. Um, so, and he would also tell, for instance, most of the time, I remember when we made Zero Degrees, which was a very personal story of Akram, but also of Larbi, um, that, that he would, when I asked him what his story would be, he would say like, oh, I always tell my story through the stories of others, which is true to a certain extent. So he will always would look uh, for the stories that um, are alive in, in his group of people, and then he will uh, ask them to, to use these stories, tell them, uh, or use them as a source for the movement material. So, um, it has been, um, yeah, Larbi's work is, the, the creative process is, I mean, it depends on the context. For sure, if, if, if he has a commissioned work in a ballet company, he will work differently. But with Eastman, uh, the rehearsal studio is really a kind of science lab where everybody's working himself on, on uh, different aspects of it. And then Larbi would kind of support them and, and also then bring it together like that. And as a dramaturg, then I'm in support of Larbi. So it, it is very much, um, uh, we talked a bit this morning with the students. My role as a dramaturg has three aspects. In the studio, I'm a witness of what happens and I, and I most of the time I don't interfere, uh, but then I meet with um, the choreographer on a regular daily basis uh, outside of the rehearsal process and we discuss what is happening and we discuss the, the material that is created, but as much we discuss also the, the process because um, I, I think my experience and my passion with performing arts is that it is a collaborative process, even if people have uh, different responsibilities and the more the, the process um, is uh, uh, 
supported, then also the result will be better like that. And so there's maybe there's this misunderstanding, for instance, that when text is used in, a, uh, in the performance, that, that the dramaturg's contribution. But in Larbi's work, um, originally the texts were always stories from the performers, and more recently he has been using a lot of uh, existing text that, he, um, that inspires him. Uh, he's been using TED Talks and then kind of uh, literally kind of translating them on stage. Uh, in tonight's performance, you will see it's a, it's a uh, text from Chomsky that he took from, from one of Chomsky's uh, talks. Um, uh, and then, so my role is then more supporting the process and it often also in, in the last stages help them edit uh, the piece um, so that all the material that's been created is presented in the strongest way uh, possible. Thank you. Um, to me, this is fascinating. You already mentioned Fractus Five. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I only read some reviews. It just uh, was in London, um, and it's pretty new piece, right? Yeah. You know. So maybe we could. And I know that you were involved a little bit in this. Yeah. You know. Maybe you could talk a little bit, not much, you know, for the audience, not to discover too much, you know, but a little bit. No, I, I won't. I won't describe the piece, but I, I can uh, tell again a bit. Uh, what his original research or questions were. Um, I, I was not the dramaturg of this piece, um, but again, um, more than a year before it was actually created, we, uh, there was already a, a month research period uh, during a residence in Oslo, and I was part of that uh, of that research period in Oslo. And um, again, the f I think the first, um, as often with Larbi and also with other artists, the first. Um, thing that's most always defined is uh, the people he wants to work with. And this was also in this case, that it was really about uh, him looking for uh, other male dancers which whom he had an affinity, who had a, more or less the same age, they're all in their, around their 40s, uh, but who had different knowledge of dance and who had different uh, backgrounds, different uh, dance languages, techniques. And then in the creation, the creation process was very much about exchanging with each of them. And as you will see, in the show, there are a lot of duos between him and these these other male dancers. Um, that was uh, the, that was one uh, research element, and then the other research element, as I said, Larbi is, is somebody who is kind of quite politically engaged, um, and he's been um, he's always been concerned about the. Um, the misuse and the abuse of language, uh, whether it's in a religious context, uh, how uh, religious texts are being uh, inter interpreted in a dogmatic way. He made, for instance, a piece which is called Apokryphu, where that was very much the subject. And then he will, he will show, that, again, that uh, how different religions and texts from different religions have influenced each other, so that there's no, that no text has a, uh, Again, the, the rights or wrong above the others, but that they have that the, the Bible has influenced the core, and they will put that in the in the piece. And in this piece, when he was creating this piece, I think he was very much um, scared by, um, yeah, how how in the media information these days get manipulated. Um, I mean, look at what the recent elections in in the states. So that I took that it took that um, that. Uh, um, quotation of, of Chomsky that he puts in the piece and that he worked with his dancers on, uh, because it was a kind of uh, critical analysis of that. Um, and then the third element, um, more and more from from I, fr actually from the beginning of his career, but he, I think he become more and more um, uh, important is the music, um, and the music is, is for Larbi I think almost these days as important as the uh, the choreography, and it is completely developed. 
uh, parallel with the choreography. So the, the, the four musicians that were on stage were there from the very first day of rehearsal and research. Um, and while the dancers are developing movement material, they're developing m uh, music scores. Um, and it's like, again, this one lab where the two groups work separately and together at the same time uh, to create this, uh, then as a result is, an, I think, an amazing uh, synergy between these two worlds. Well, um, we do have time for questions, you know, so we kind of planned it this way, you know, so we have about 10 minutes, you know, so maybe we could uh, open up the discussion, you know, it's a dialogue at the end and, you know, in the tradition of Eastman, you know, to open up the dialogue to the audience. Um, yeah, so maybe. I'll start. How's that? I'll start. <laughs> um, Guy, you've, you've watched this process for so long from someone who has gone from working you know, within an existing structure to being on his own to working within structures. Can you talk a little bit about how the language might change when you go into a ballet company, which Larby has done quite a bit of, versus working with his own dancers? Because again, he's with his own dancers, he's developing something over time. And when he comes in as an independent commission, he's kind of being parachuted in. So how does that change the approach and some of the issues that you're bringing up about language and identity? Again, I think, I mean, one of the qualities of Larbi is not that he's only a great creative mind, but that he's also an extremely, um, he has a strategic mind uh, and he can, he can really look ahead for himself where he wants to go many years in advance he's already kind of uh, planning things but then I, I, I mean I'm not sure that he would say that himself but my um, um, experience of it is that he from the very beginning of his career that different productions had different um, importance for him not saying they were equally important but they were he used them differently and for instance all the duos that he made um, this was very clearly from the beginning, uh, this one other artist that I really want to have a long-term uh, exchange with, learn the other's language and then create. So that, that, the duo was the, the ideal form to do that. Um, then the company pieces uh, with his own group of, uh, of performers, like a, which has been a family that uh, has been with him for a long time. I, I think this is kind of the, the spinal column of the, of the uh, of the oeuvre and, and that's where I think where he always put in most of himself his personality in, or his own um, concerns um, and he again originally this was within Le Balisset de la Baie then there was a period that he was in Tonale House which was like the national theatre in Antwerp that opened up to him and, and then that's now the work that he's doing with Eastman his own company and then for sure the commissioned work also because the uh, there are certain restrictions in time and not knowing the people so well. In, 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 the, in these works, if you, if you look at them, you will hardly develop new um, choreographic ideas. So he will kind of reuse existing ideas, but still then he would always make sure that he will um, find um, some uh, narrative that belongs to the group of people. So when he made, for instance, the pieces with Ballet de, uh, de Monaco, um, a piece, uh, he would really also look for the the relationship between these dancers and how we could kind of put that on uh, on stage and how the the narrative would also belong to these dancers. Thank you. I have a room full of interesting and inquisitive people. Can I pass the microphone to someone else for a question? Une question de quelqu'un d'autre? We've of course been very fortunate to see 
lots of Larby's work here over many years, uh, many of the pieces that uh, Guy has referred to, and some yet to come. Um, maybe what uh, you don't know is that he's also um, directing opera and theater and... Um, Cirque du Soleil, film, like... Uh, exactly. It's a man of many talents. Did you have a question? Thank you. I wonder about the lighting, which I find so... Um, it sculpts the pieces. Mm. So is the lighting something that he takes control of? Well, uh, Again, Larbi, um, for sure, it's always a dialogue, but he always looks for the best collaborators possible. Um, and, um, and he has, a, again, somebody like Anthony Gormley, who then has been, is an amazing artist in his own kind as a sculptor, and has been offering Larbi these amazing s sets as a uh, scenographer. Um, and he has also, like, the same time for sound design, light design. They always, it's always... I mean, and he would be very open to say, I mean, his name is on the production, but it's, it's a teamwork, um, and it's a, t a teamwork with, with specialists taking responsibility for, uh, for different aspects of that, like, uh, uh, and, and, and he would for sure create through a dialogue, but he would also trust, uh, for instance, another thing, the musical direction is often done in dialogue with somebody, a specialist in music, like, for, for, long, for many years, he, he worked with Patricia Bovi, who's an amazing um, uh, specialist in, in uh, polyphonic medieval music. She would be on stage, but she would also have the kind of create the musical dramaturgy of, of some of the shows that she worked on like now. Another question? I'm gonna put Guy on the spot. So, of course, in the news every day, we hear newspapers are folding, the publishing industry is going down the toilet, everybody's reading. You know the, the the 20 second sentence and getting your news off quick hits so here you've been courageous <laughs> and come out with two very eclectic educational if you will intellectual books and i'm just curious as to because perhaps the reality in belgium or in europe is very different where do these books land how do people receive these books in the light of what's happening in the bigger industry maybe are they just for universities is it wider than that uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm curious uh, no. because it's very brave to come out with two <laughs> books about these kinds of things in this day and age, I think. No, I mean, uh, the thing is that the books, I, I don't make any money out. I have to kind of invest money in publishing them. Buy the books tonight, everyone. <laughs> Buy the books. Uh, I bought mine. But but the reason I do it is that I'm, I'm personally, I'm in a period in my life that I, I, I think one of my, the things I like to do most is pass on my knowledge to... Uh, the next generation, and then and I do a lot of um, um, workshops and teaching, uh, mainly to the professional dance community. Um, and then the books is another way of reaching another audience. Um, the thing with the book is that you don't that the reactions come very very late. But for instance, the the book on the, uh, in between dance cultures on migrate was published last year, and now um, I'm starting to receive. Um, reactions to it, and, and some are beautiful. I just got a couple of weeks ago, um, and, and uh, th through the, the email circuit, Facebook, uh, contact from a choreographer on Ile de Réunion, uh, who, who read the book and was touched by it, recognized herself in the, in the topic, and she's coming to Vienna to visit me, and then we'll start, uh, maybe there's something emerges out of that, and I would never have uh, reached this person 
uh, I've met this person, if not through the through the book. Um, the other thing is that I'm um, I'm not a I'm primary a, a practitioner, so I'm not an academic. So I've also been and and, and then my own I think my own creative uh, voice lies in the writing, um, and I've been experimenting a lot, and uh, it was quite a challenge to write something that could be appreciated by by the academics but that could also be appreciated by uh, the artists, and that's maybe my, my primary audience, um, uh, both uh, people who are already creating work, but also people who are studying art. Uh, and I also allow myself to be uh, quite personal and autobiographical uh, about my own life, but also about my own experiences in, in working with Larbi and Orakram. Um, and, then, and, and then it's... Um, so the, the kind of hybridity that Larbi puts on stage, I also try to keep in the writing. Um, uh, one, of, one of my, uh, when I started off as a young uh, theater and dance critic, and at that time there was a very famous um, theater critic in Belgium, Wim van Gansbeek, and he would always say, um, a good critic translates the work he discusses also in, in criticism is also lit literature, and you, you, you have to d translate what the work of art that you that you are um, discussing, you have to find a form uh, in 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 the writing. So I always took that to to heart as well. Um, and then the other aspect, I think, the new book. This is the other thing that I'm I'm getting more and more convinced. Um, and, and this is not just me, but also uh, a larger discourse. Uh, somebody like the sociologist Richard Sennett, um, or uh, the, um, the scientist David Bohm, the importance of dialogue. I think so much of our problems uh, are by the fact that we don't actually dialogue, but that we uh, that we kind of uh, defend uh, fixed positions. Uh, think about the elections again. Uh, also, this happens sometimes in academia. Um, so I think some of and and, and there's a lack um, of dialogue, and there's a lack of of um, um, artist dialogue having a conversation about their work. Um, and so the new book is basically 14 conversations that took place before an audience at Sanders Wells between 2008 and 2013. And then the conversations were uh, recorded and, and, now, and then slightly edited. Uh, but they really give an insight in uh, the creative process of, of these 14 uh, amazing artists who cover a, a, quite a diversity. They're mainly choreographers, uh, but there's also a puppeteer, a visual artist, uh, somebody coming from the, uh, the hip-hop scene. Uh, and it's all about how they look at the body. And there's something about... It has now also become my preferred form of writing, to find a way to, uh, to dialogue or to make the writing polyphonic, which is also an idea I got from working with Larbi, this notion of it's not one, it's not only my voice, but it's my voice uh, dialoguing with, with all the other voices like that. Uh, this may be as a question that would be better asked uh, to Larby directly, but I thought I'd ask you anyway. I was just recently reminded that Chirkawi um, took over the Royal Ballet of Flanders, and I know that the dance world in particular, like in Berlin, there's been quite a big uproar of the new direction that the Berlin Ballet is going to be taking, and I'm just curious to know if you could speak to um, how Chirkawi's appointment has been received so far over the past, I guess, year or two years? I can't remember exactly. And also just um, if you could speak to at all what he's been doing with the company, because obviously, I, I mean, we don't see the Royal Ballet of Flanders here. And uh, 
just if you could speak a bit to that, like what he's been doing with the company, how it's been received, and what that means, like why why he took over a, a such a classical institution. Mm. Um, thank you. Again, for for Larbi himself, he, he has he has this capacity and also this desire to work in 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 different forms. And I think the, the the work he has been doing that he had already been doing in the ballet world before he was appointed um, is very complementary to the work he's doing with his own company. So for for for, for himself, these are not uh, things that are competing with each other, and he's very capable of um, of yeah. Uh, Combining that, um, and um, there's a long and very kind of complicated political history in the sense that the Ballet of Flanders, um, for many years, was in a in a, a crisis situation, and that they tried different directors, and they were not able to um, get out of it. So they came and looked for him uh, to get out of this kind of institutional crisis, um, and he took on that responsibility, like which is not something. Um, it was not a, it was not a, uh, a, a gift, um, and then for sure, um, at the same time, this is being criticised also by the community uh, that people find that there's too much uh, power given to one person, for instance, or too much money. Um, um, but that's also a little bit. I think, I think that's not his fault. That's really the kind of society we look in, live in that. Uh, you have this kind of couple of star choreographers, star directors, and then everybody wants to have a piece of them, and then they are they are kind of uh, like offered uh, like uh, all these positions. Um, and then Larbi is very is very capable of um, at the same time having the overview, but also delegating. And he will the way for him to manage that that he has really good people. Uh, working on the floor um, uh, in all these projects, which are always close collaborators, which who has a long time um, relationship. What he's been doing with the Ballet of Flanders until now is uh, is basically creating mixed bills uh, with some of the um, the major European twentieth uh, um, century ballet. Choreographers, and then sometimes adding a, a short part of himself to it. So he's been, he, he had, did the Killian evening, uh, adding his own work, like a short part of it, and uh, uh, and it's uh, the work itself is is, is re re really well received uh, by the audience and by the critics. Again, if if there's a, um, a polemic about it, it's more this the institutional level and and the question whether you should give all this. Uh, means uh, one person, but then he's giving a lot of back to that, and, and I don't think there were so many people that wanted to have the position, so they were really uh, at one point also desperately for looking. A fairly classical institution still, so no, he's no, not necessarily no, 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 revamping no, he will, he will, the... No, this will be his challenge also, he will also, for sure he will, it will take time, but he will try to, to change it as well, uh, also, uh, yeah, yeah, this for sure. The most recent program, for example, featured a work by Merce Cunningham, a work by William Forsyth, and a work by a, you know, a mid-career New York artist named Jonah Boker. So that's the kind of idea that he's blending to bring the ballet to another level. They also do, I believe, still the classical, some of the classical full lengths because they have a system of étoiles and soloists, yeah? So we'll see. Maybe we'll have them here one day soon. Other questions? Don't question? No? Do you have another question? Well, it's um, 
probably going back to um, you know his uh, more recent work, you know, and the transition, you know, that he had, you know, from kind of more pinabauchy sort of dance theater kind of uh, uh, work to more abstract work, you know, uh, that he did uh, with Anthony Gormley. Could you maybe talk a little bit about this, you know, that transition and how it um, relates to the um, topic of this conversation? So again, like like any artist, um, I mean, this, this maybe this is something we do not enough in dance, and we always. We always look at the last piece and we always evaluate the last piece. But like any artist, it's, it's worthwhile to look at the career in a whole oeuvre, uh, like we, we would do in visual arts or also in literature. Um, and for sure, Larbi is also an artist that is constantly evolving. And I think when he started, uh, this notion of identity was much stronger and he was strongly influenced in the work, working methodology through his work with Platel. So the work was, uh, was more theatrical, uh, but then he's, uh, I mean, he also started as a performer and he's this amazing body that absorbs as a chameleon these other languages, which is his, his passion. Um, so the work, then he got more and more interested in really the, yeah, um, the, making the movements uh, more uh, stronger, combined with this also this, this developing his musical talents. Um, and that has made, I think, that the recent work is is, is even more even more than before uh, dance based. Um, and again, as I said about having different dance languages um, um, relate to each other. But then you never know because, uh, like any artist, it's also from one piece to the next. They often also switch, so it might go back to the more theatrical work uh, uh, if there is a desire like that. Just to wrap up, one of the things you'll see with Fractus Five is an incredible reflection of what Guy's been talking about. Musicians from four different countries, performer, mover performers from four or five different countries, uh, Larby himself on stage, text, issues of identity, uh, issues of things that are probably even more relevant in the last two weeks than they were when he created the piece uh, a year and a half ago. So uh, I think uh, Fractus Five is going to be one of those works that has a gravitas and uh, an ability to endure, um, reflecting on many of the things that you're talking about, but also as an important piece of work in our culture today. So I wanted to thank you both very, very much. It's been a great pleasure to have you here, and I encourage you all to take a few moments to talk directly to Guy or Jana, to have a look at the books, to uh, to buy some books, support the authors and author. And uh, if you are going to see the show tonight, uh, the books will also be on sale in the uh, theater lobby after the performance. Thank you very much for coming. Merci beaucoup. That's all for this podcast. Please send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts.ca. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast at nec-cna.ca backslash podcasts. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Art Centre.
This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. Thank you.